welcome to Band Advice TV. This is the Matt and Mark about music podcast or something like that. We realized that our uh, our name was way too long, <laughs> and trying to fit that whole thing onto a thumbnail was just ridiculous. So. <laughs> Although it's kind of cool, you know, astute observations about music or whatever it was called. So. Shortening it down, try to come up with I didn't better. want to hurt your feelings, but I think the same way. It's okay, you know, it's live and learn. That's this whole thing's a big experiment, anyway, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. Cool. So, how you been, man? Been a couple of weeks since we talked. Yeah, hanging in there, doing mm. it, doing it. Cool. Staying out of trouble. I'm trying real hard, but you know, that's easier said than done. Cool. I've been trying to focus my efforts on, you know, developing some more content. Nice. So, I've got this thing called Couch Ditties. Couch Diddy. So I've, I've just been recording onto my uh, voice thing on my iPhone uh-huh. and then using that little 45 seconds together with a little video and, you know. Nice. Something you can get done in under an hour. And well, that's cool. Put out there. Uh, you got one of the newer iPhones? I think it's an 8. Oh, why don't you uh, use GarageBand then? The GarageBand on iPhone, which is free, it's great for recording and then you can go in and do some overdubs and stuff too if you're just doing... Yeah. Stuff like that. You know, you can edit some things. Just yeah. a suggestion. I mean, yeah, I mean, that that's no doubt about it. But, like, you know, I tend to like simplicity. Yeah, okay. And this is quick and easy. And, you know, you just record something. Sure. And then in iMovie, put the little video together, you know, just I'm kind of a amateur photographer. So I've got all sorts of crazy pictures and videos and nice. so on and so forth. And so I figure, you know, 45 seconds, pretty good little thing yeah yeah a real blast of quick content like the whole instagram videos or those tiktok things yeah used totally to be musically so totally i mean kiddios love that stuff so yeah and every time i put one out there you know you're getting different you're doing using different tags and so you're getting different you know things from different people who follow those tags you know right. and it's like that's the name of the game you know how many times have i gone to play at a club where a hundred people didn't see me yeah, plenty of times. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, four hours later, you've got a hundred views on a video. I'd say that that makes sense. You didn't have to break your back trying to haul stuff in there. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, cool. Well, we'll definitely include the information in the comments below on how you guys can go and check that stuff out. So I'm looking forward to taking a look at it. So yeah, man, it's fun. I haven't I have a good time at it. Awesome. I got a I got you know I've been pimping out my cat. He's the star of a lot of this. I did see that the Instagram picture the other day. So yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. He's a He's a star of the show. So, anyway, um, I put some new strings on. The, uh, well, first, let me ask, how's the finger doing? Oh, it's doing good, man. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm going to go jam with some guys here after this, and uh, you know, I've been practicing a lot, going through this 30 day workout thing, and nice. playing a little bit more bass these days, and uh, you know, You're all about the bass, no trouble. Just trying to, <laughs> just trying to work that you pinky that out, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's good, good deal. So I, th- I got a few gigs. I'm working on tour dates in Kansas City in May. I got, got, awesome. got on this festival up there, so I'm building around some dates on that. And, which we'll also include in the comments below. So. Yeah, totally. It's going to be fun. So Good I'm going to go up there in Maine, do a bunch of gigs up there in Wichita and all over the place. Great. But, man. yeah, so I'm working on that, and uh, I've been working, like I said, on getting that content out mm-hmm. and trying to get you know the website shored up. And There's just a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff you know, oh, this yeah. year that I yeah. want to try to get done, and that's just... You know, I mean, just because you're not out there playing doesn't mean you're not working on something real hard. That's so. true. I mean, I've been kicking in a bunch of content uh, also on the Band Advice TV channel here, aside from our, our podcast. And it's just a lot of work. <laughs> well, and I'm just constantly amazed. It's like, you know, when you're doing it, you're just such in the, 
moment of doing it all, you just don't ever really realize. Right. Like, man, look at all this content. If I could get this out there, you know, somehow, and some of it's video, some of it's audio, some of it's, you know, whatever it is. And so the struggles of all that, the formats and mm -hmm. transferring. <laughs> I mean, so it's like I'm trying to find the easiest way around it. Man, and it's I'm such a perfectionist too. I I did a little five minute video yesterday. It took me thirty five minutes to record. It's like, and it was, I even had a script and I found a little teleprompter and I followed the script and everything. And it's still constantly, dang it, damn it, rolling it back and starting over again. Yeah, so, it's 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 tough sometimes. And, you know, I've been watching a lot of this this you know how to YouTube and how to be a YouTuber and all this stuff. And their their deal is like people don't care if you make mistakes. It's about getting content out there. And this one guy's like, my first 100 videos were horrible, but I got 100 videos out there. Then people, the traffic started picking up, and, and uh, you know, and then I was able to, you know, buy some better equipment and spend a little bit more time, have, you know, hire people to help out post-production and stuff. So we got a ways to go yet before we get 100 videos, but we're, we're kicking it. We're getting some content out. So. Yeah, man, and that's really the name of the game, you know, and I just kind of figure it's like, man, if you just add one video a week, you're probably – you know, in the top 85 percentile. Absolutely. Of, or 15 percent of, of people that have YouTube accounts. Yep. You know, yep. I mean, I think a lot of bands, when they got a lot of activity going, they'll add some stuff on there. But, you know, sure. if you're doing it every week and you're doing multiple videos every week, I think, you know, those YouTube search engines work in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. If you got more content and you're adding it more frequently, then you're going to have a, maybe a little bit better chance of getting seen in the searches, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think it gives you a, a perception of legitimacy as well. Because, you know, if you're out there, you're constantly doing it. It's not just you're, you're just messing around one Saturday night throwing stuff up there to, you know, boost your ego. You're actually putting the time and effort and, and pretending to know what you're talking about. So I think that's a perception that is uh, that the, the viewers are going to pick up on. So content, 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 right? Well, yeah. I mean, and so it's like. The other thing is I've tried. I've been trying to kind of divide it all a little bit to where it's a little more user friendly too. Mm -hmm. You know, because when you only got five or six videos, it's one thing. But when you know I've got forty some videos on one channel, and it's like, you know, I'm starting to divide them into playlists a little bit, so you can kind of get a feel of okay, what is what here. Right, right. That's another tip that I I've been kind of reworking, and uh, I'm going to work, rework our cover art as well, our thumbnails. They say that the thumbnails those can make or break your channel if, if you don't because if they do get selected be featured on the sidebar there if you got a lousy thumbnail people aren't going to click on it if you got one that catches their eye they're more likely to to click on it it's like well, of course that makes well, sense. well you know what you should put in the thumbnail don't you uh i'm afraid to ask <laughs> i know you too well <laughs> <laughs> well i mean you know <laughs> cats oh gosh I hate pizza cats. pizza that's all right. uh Stuff like that, you know? Sure. People sure. just go wild for stuff like that online. Yeah. I'm thinking on, I may uh, uh, go old school with us and, and take those cartoon guys and put it on there. Oh, yeah. That'd I think be that'd good. be part of our thumbnails. That'd be know? good. Keep it going 25 years It looks later. exactly like us still. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Maybe, maybe I'll have, you know, the then cartoon and the now cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, right. Balder and fatter. Right. <laughs> A lot more hairier in the face. Yeah. But anyway. Well, cool. Okay. You wanted to talk about strings. Let's talk about strings. Yeah. So guitar strings, man, are pretty, there's a vast topic, you know. It certainly is. Coded, what do, what do you coded. use on your electrics? I am uh, now doing hybrids. I uh, um, 
Yeah, it's the Ernie Ball hybrids, or actually the Cobalts. Because I like to do, uh, I like a little heavier, chunkier sound. So I'll do the 10s on the, the bottoms and it goes up to the 46s, I think. Okay. So, yeah, it's it's just... It's 10 to 46. 10 to 46, yeah, it's the hybrids. So that, no, I'm sorry, it's 9 to 46. So it's the heavier, heavier bottoms with the lighter tops. Just because of my fingers and stuff. I like having a little bit lighter for the higher strings, so... You like your strings like your women, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, we've just established that my kids won't be watching this episode. <laughs> I had to get that in uh, there. That's all right. That's all right. I, I always lose track because there's the hybrid set. There's a slinky. I, but, like, I use the super slinkies and the regular slinkies. Okay. Okay. The, the 11, 11 to 52s or right, something like right. that. You know, I find that like on the Firebirds, you know, because there's all that length from the nut to the low tuner, mm -hmm. and it's just there's a lot of string there, so it's like the beefy slinkies work better on nice, them. Nice. And even so, like, seems like the beefy slinkies are just a little more beefy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, as I tune down, half step a lot of times. Oh, so you definitely have to have something a little heavier. Yeah. And so you know, I've tried to get to where you know I, I'm used to playing them at regular tuning or uh, you know half step down. You know, I've got that one guitar set up for the Sabbath tuning, and I use, you know, there's like 13 gauge on it. Right. There. But it's like, you know, it's like E down to C sharp. Right, I right. Mean, it's well, way it's, down there. He had the fake fingertips. And, I mean, I don't know. If Tony Omi, if it's true that he really uses 8 gauge strings, I have no idea how he keeps it in wow. tune uh, at C sharp. <laughs> I mean. No idea. I have no idea how that would even be possible. Because there just didn't seem like there's enough string there with right. that, that little tension. So I use those on electrics. You know, I was using those decoded Ernie balls for the longest time, and I don't know if they don't make them anymore or what, but, you know, it was like elixir, kind of that right, same right. idea. And so you had the coded strings that kept the mm -hmm. crud off of yeah. them. Yeah, I use the elixirs on my acoustic. And uh, they're, the thing about that's cool about the elixirs is they stay bright for a long time, but then when they start to go, it goes fast. Yeah. I mean, you're talking a matter of weeks, it'll go from nice and clear down to popping strings. So I'm I amazed at how long they last, though, man. The set that I have on there, is, is, I'm going on a year and a half of playing almost every week on it. Yeah. So it's it's time to change them. So. I mean, you know, last year I probably played 100 solo shows by myself on my 12-string acoustic electric. I probably did it on like three sets of strings. Nice, nice. Now there was some bent pops and stuff and single strings and everything sure. else. But I mean, you know, there's. Which is why you should always have two sets of strings in your guitar case, right? Yeah, yeah. right. As per a video that you guys can check out on what to carry in your guitar case. Right on, yeah. You can Shameless never. self promotion. <laughs> I can tell you stories to the day, until <laughs> the day is long, about having extra stuff, having spares, you know? Mm hmm. Because, I mean, I've done gigs on 11 strings, no doubt about it. But, you know, if you're, you're, you're like your regular G breaks, mm -hmm. okay, I can go do the gig still on the octave G. Sure. But then the octave G breaks, and then right. what do you do then? Uh, now you're playing ukulele. Exactly. <laughs> so it's just, you know, it's hard to hard yeah. to Or tenor guitar, I guess, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be tuned tenor guitar. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of alternate tunings, I, I have another. It's like a cheap telly. I've got it set up like... Uh, Nashville tuning. Oh, nice. nice. So that's like, for those of you that aren't familiar with that, it's like where you take a set of a 12-string set, and so, you know, 12-string set is octaves up to the top two strings. The top two strings are unison, E and B are unison. Then all the other strings are octave up. 
So, you know, you can imagine you have an E and then you have an octave up E. Then you have an A and you have an octave up A. Well, this Nashville tuning, you just take the octave up strings and string it like that. Really sounds cool, especially, you know, using it for some overdubs with some flange mm -hmm. chorus. Just make it real atmospheric type thing. It's one of my tricks for overdubs or something like that. And it just really sounds cool. It's, you know, inspiration to pick it up just once in a while just to fool around with it, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those 10, 12 string sets are just electric set. You know, 10, 11 gauge, whatever they are. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, then there's those nylon strings. I mean, <laughs> I was thinking about this on the way over here. It's like how many instruments, how many different strings, how many different tunings. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. It's dizzying. And, you know, it's like what you see available for sale in the store, even from the big manufacturers, is only, you know, a small piece of what they really make, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, you get online and it's insane. I mean, really is, you know, because I mean, I got baritone, ukulele, steel, mandolin, nylon string, <laughs> you know, regular guitar. I mean, there's a lot of strings, a lot to keep track of, you know. And so you get online and start looking around. It's like, man, Ernie Ball makes a lot of strings. Yep, they definitely do. And so. Uh, and then as you're experimenting too, you end up with a bunch of odd sets of things that oh, I used to play those, but now I play these, but I'm going to keep these in case I would pop this or, you know, man. And I've used, I've gotten boxes of just singles, doubles, half yeah. sets, full sets, whatever that just, you know, didn't work for whatever reason. You know, there's some strings I tried to use and I just couldn't make them work for me. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, the composition of your skin and sweat and hands yeah. and everything else. And you know, how, how well they stay, stay for you. Yeah. Kind of has a bearing on it, you know? So that's a little trick for you guys out there. You know, get yourself a little microfiber rag, and every time when you're done playing, wipe the strings down really good. It'll help get that dead skin and oil off the strings, which is really ultimately what causes them to to get really dull quickly. And that's why they do the coated stuff to keep that gunk out of there. Yeah, well, and I like that fast fret too. You know, the little deal. You, it's like it's in a little tube. You pull it out of the tube and you know it's like a little lubricant or whatever mm -hmm. outside of that you know those hot summer gigs you know i'll just wipe my forehead and wipe <laughs> it's it along, right there on there wipe it along the strings just to get it going you know because you like you play one night throw it in the case go to the next gig you open it up it's like my god this thing is terrible shape <laughs> you know just started to rust and whatever and yeah. so that's where i like those coated strings and you know just getting a little grease going on it before you try yeah try try playing them definitely cool i saw a neat trick uh online i see everything online so a neat trick online too where they're saying that if you do have a dead set of strings if you loosen them up kind of hold it and then pop it and you could actually then see on the fretboard especially if you have a dark fretboard just all the gunk that's coming out of it yeah and you do that a couple times and wipe it down and that you can actually bring the strings back to life a little bit i haven't uh, haven't tried that yet because like I, I use the coated string so that wouldn't work but what was that story eddie van halen used to boil his string i yeah i don't really you ever try that i have not tried that now I, I never, I, when i was a kid there's no way my mom would have let me boil strings in her nice pots yeah I don't, I don't know what i don't know what exactly the whole deal was but maybe it was changed the sound of it or something I don't well know. i think it was to to get rid of the stretch in them so that you know they wouldn't go out of tune the first couple of goes rounds but something to do with yeah. the tremolo bar possibly pre floyd rose <laughs> yep yep definitely well speaking of eddie van halen and this was quite common in the 80s you even mentioned it yourself that you tuned down a half step mm. that became common almost across the board almost every guitar player did it now was that to just accommodate the vocalist or was there some sort of coolness i mean i get the i get the deal with sabbath because he had had the fake tips on his fingers from that accident. But, mm -hmm. so he, but it just sounds he, heavier. 
You know, does, just the just, harmonics are different. It does give you a different harmonics. Yeah, I mean, when you play like, you know, Children of the Grave, I mean, that first low note is C sharp, mm-hmm. which is your bottom string. Right. And, I mean, it's just like, uh, I mean, the harmonics are different. And so, you know, everything from Master Reality on up to the Dio stuff is all in this C sharp tuning. Okay. And so... You know, I was watching this video when I was in that Sabbath band. We played a whole set of that, and it was just like, man, it just sounds, that just sounds, that's the sound of it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've seen other people play, you know, the same songs in regular tuning, and it's all fine and good, but it just, there's those overtones and harmonics that just happen at lower register. You know, like Stained, that guy uses a baritone guitar, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's real, it's a real different sounding thing, and so... You know, it's just like the half step down thing. I do it because it makes the guitar ring more, sound bigger, changes the harmonics a little bit. Okay, it makes it a little bit spongier. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, heavier strings, less slack, so it's a little different feel. Mm-hmm. Plus, of course, it's easier to sing over. Right, a half right. step down is definitely easier. I was just kind of wondering if that was uh, the genesis of that because. You know, 80s is all about singing until you blew a blood vessel in your head. Yeah, and right. And that sometimes you had to go down a half step just for the sake of the singer. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I kind of got into it when, you know, you start trying to play along with Jimi Hendrix or mm-hmm. SRV, tuned down a half step, big heavy strings, tuned down a half step. And I was like, well, you know, when I, that Floyd Rose guitar I have, I mean, that was, I was really frustrating <laughs> trying to figure out how that went. <laughs> you know, tuned down a half step, you got to adjust the whole thing and just to accommodate that right you know trying to play along with srv or van halen or you know that that guitar took a trip across the room when i was trying to tune up <laughs> to uh uh unchained you know it's drop d oh, right right it's drop d and then it's a half step or at least more down oh wow. you know because sometimes they use strobe tune or sometimes they didn't and what i figured out was sometimes it mattered how fast they were spinning the master mm-hmm. you know because some stuff's just a little frog hair up or down, right and they, you know? they had to do that just to to accommodate the, the length because you only had so much length mm-hmm. on the on the, the vinyl in fact uh, i saw an interview with uh, meatloaf he's talking about bad out of hell he says he hates listening to some of those songs because they spit it up so much just to get it down so it'll yeah. fit on the well, 45 minutes or whatever uh-huh. whatever the vinyl was yeah it's yeah and, and, you know then there's there's like there's other things where it's like the tuning standard is different in other countries huh really and so like if you listen to um and justice for all which metallica did i believe in you know sweden or denmark or somewhere i mean all those guitars are a little sharper interesting now i've heard that they did it that way because it, it, it makes makes it crunchier mm-hmm. you know with kind of the eq profile of those guitars you know it's all scooped mids all highs all all lows and all scoop mids i don't know if that had something to do with it but you know they're just a little bit off of regular tuning hmm. but then i also read that the tuning standard in that that place is you know in four four thirty eight or wow you know 432 or something other than 440 the standard a you know when you hit a yeah yeah uh tuning fork you know that's what that's what it is in america but felix rasmussen promote produced that album or i think and recorded it for him or whatever and maybe that was why i don't know that's a question i'd ask metallica if i ever had the chance you know what's the deal what's the deal with this tuning you know if you kind of compare that to like ain't talking about love ain't talking about love's like a quarter step out it's kind of in between you know interesting 
And uh, so, yeah, a lot of it, I think, is, you know, we got a tuner in our dang pocket nowadays. I don't mm-hmm. think that was always the case, you know. No, no. You had one of those little deals you blow into or a tuning pitch fork, fork yeah. or a tune to a piano or something like that. Maybe or if you're pipe, right. yeah. really, really well off, you had a strobe tuner. But I, I don't think tuners were just, you know, as w- well uh, distributed and available as they are now necessarily, you know. Yeah. They probably weren't quite as accurate as they are now, too. No, right? definitely Everything's not. computerized. And can, although I did uh, kind of learn the hard way that those little uh, clamp-on tuners, once they hit the floor a couple of times, they're 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 knocked out of wax. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, my little pet those peeve little with those is, like, once you're done tuning, take it off the guitar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like... I saw somebody post something online saying that those little headstock tuners are, like, like the Crocs of guitars, <laughs> yeah, just right. Cheesy and nobody really wants to. Everyone wears them, but they really don't look good. <laughs> man, I walk. I had one, and I walked through the doorway, and it caught the door jam and broke. Oh man! And yeah. I'm just like, well, that was a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple that are in various, uh, various stages of deconstruction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always fun when you're trying to tune up, and all of a sudden the pop, top of it pops off and it lands on the floor, and it's like. Okay, I guess I'm doing this by ear. <laughs> well, I have, you know, I've, I've just had one on my phone forever, you know, and it just saves me a lot of, like, trouble looking for one or leaving it someplace yeah. or whatever. Download it for free. It's always there, you know, and works great. So You uh, you don't have a problem with trying to tune up on stage with that? Well, I don't use that for that. I have okay. a, you know, a pedal tuner that right. runs some of my other effects. And, you know, it meets your amp, which is great, you know, so you can... In between, yeah, yeah, uh, percussion and bass break, you can talk to the crowd and tune your guitar. If you exactly, need to. yeah. So, which uh, which pedal tuner do you have? It's just the Boss TU two. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. I got one of those uh, cheap ones, um, little, little battery less. Gosh, I can't remember. The problem I found with it is, yeah, it mutes the guitar, but it's got a nasty pop whenever you kick it on and off. So oh, really? It's yeah. just it's just a cheap tuner and. So actually, I'm still using it on my board, but I, I've got I use the uh, the Dunlap volume pedal that's got a tuner out. So I'll just you know put the pedal all the way down and then kick the tuner on and, and tune it. And bring yeah, it there's up. a million ways of running that kind of stuff, and I'm I'm not figured out the optimal either. Yeah, I just I, well part of the problem too is I don't have any any more power supply left. That's why I built that uh, little Altoids tin battery pack to power the tuner. So. Well, I, that's why I like that Boss tuner because you plug it in and then you run those, you know, daisy chain off mm-hmm. of it, and it'll run a bunch of other Boss pedals, you know. Yeah. Um, true. I was thinking I was going to say something. I totally forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, does does the Boss tuner have a buffer in it like the other Boss pedals, or is it just true bypass? I don't. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, that's a whole whole other subject. Well, I mean, it's bypasses. strange, man, because sometimes, you know, it just depends on what guitar you got plugged mm-hmm. in. It depends on how, you know, I use several different overdrives and several different configurations. And, you know, you just get to the point where you kind of figure out, hey, this sounds good together. Mm-hmm. This doesn't sound good together. And you just don't really know why it doesn't sound good right, together. Right, right. And, you know troubleshooting a bunch of cables and all that just i don't have a lot of patience for it <laughs> yeah that's true that is true and when you do find a good combination it's best just to stick with it but even then it's like you switch guitars and it's like you gotta redo everything because sometimes you know I've, I've gotta adjust the uh i gotta adjust the drive on, on my uh, overdrive pedals if i'm going with the telecaster or if i'm switching to the totally different you know, les paul and stuff like that and 
a lot of times you're going to have to scoop the mids a little bit more or, or bring up the bring up the uh, the highs some you know it's just there's there's a whole science and a whole culture around tone chasing and uh, it's kind of fun to do but it gets really expensive really fast yeah so. right well you know and what I feel what I feel like even my, my own self is focus more on playing right right you know focus more on you getting your fingers on the strings and making sounds that sound good right and then you can worry about putting icing on the cake sure after that and the other other bit of advice i'd give you guys too is what sounds good in your bedroom is not going to sound good on on stage not necessarily. this whole scoop in the mids and getting that really cool chunky sound the guitar is a mid mid-range instrument you've got to be able to be to have those mids in there so that'll cut through everything else so uh, just be just beware when your sound guy starts yelling at you about stuff. Uh, you listen to them; they know what they're talking about. So <laughs> they do. They do. sometimes. Well, if you got a good sound guy, the, the sound guys that I deal with are are really good. In fact, I went to a sound boot camp last week with these guys. It's like, man, I just I am so enlightened now. And we'll talk about that in a future podcast about the the stuff I learned in did the they sh- did camp. they show you the suck knob. <laughs> No, 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 did not. <laughs> they didn't show you the knob to turn for more suck or less no, suck? No, not that. But he did show us where the mute button was, so I'm sure they use that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I thought running sound was always kind of like, is this on? All right, let's go. Oh, man. That's that's kind of been my approach all those years, but it's, it is it's insane. It is, and, man. Uh, it's a science in of itself. Oh, yeah, exactly. And this, this guy that helped this... Um, this uh, this boot camp he learned from the best from bill porter who's elvis's sound engineer wow yeah so i feel very honored that uh that knowledge has come down to me via that avenue so awesome all right so strings 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 let's get back to strings so nylon strings how the heck do you keep them from continually stretching over and over again i will put a new set on and it'll be three weeks before i can keep my guitar in tune yeah i mean you, you know i stretch them out like but still i mean the you got the ones that tie on, mm-hmm. yeah, and then the slotted headstock. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm running. I have trouble with that, and so I have to <laughs> probably hit it in a couple of different sessions. Usually, <laughs> yeah. I get so frustrated and mad, I got to come back to it because I don't do it very often. You know, they last forever. Sure. And so, you know, you know, I don't change them very often, but man, when I do, it's like you're right. This top three, it's like man. Oh man, it was a couple years ago. I was playing at our Christmas Eve service. I I composed a classical guitar version of silent night and so earlier that week i gave myself plenty of time i changed the strings out i really wanted to sound bright i spent all week stretching and stretching and stretching and still i had to do a quick tune right before the service get out there yeah and right after i got done doing my part i could already tell that it was going out it's like are you kidding me yeah yeah so just i think a lot of it has to do with those, the tuners too you know a lot even like you know on some fairly decent guitars as tuners just the you know they don't hold very good. Yeah, it's true. You know, they're just it's just kind of an antiquated thing. You, you got to make sure you got plenty of lead on the on those strings too, because what ended up happening with one of the strings in that scenario is uh, I got home and it had totally slid out. Yeah, <laughs> it had totally slid right off the tuner. It's like, huh? I well, guess I, I didn't have run them through that it. hole a couple of times. You know, that's probably what I should have done. And tie it on there. Yeah. You know, at least on the ones that you can run it through a couple sure. of times, and then tie it on there. And then, you know, just make sure it's you, know, you don't have too much slack. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. I'll definitely try that next time when I have three or four weeks before I have to actually play Man, I'm telling <laughs> you. And then just stretch them out real good, you know. Yeah. And It's always just got to be a problem between, the you know, the, maybe the nut gets bound up or something like that or the tuners, something's wrong with yeah, the tuner. Uh, it's just something like that. 
Yeah, it was an $85 guitar at a pawn shop in Stillwater 30 years ago. Still beating on it. Still, and you know, I'll go to Guitar Center and I'll try out some of those really nice Cordobas and stuff that they have. And I still love the sound of mine. It's just it's an old Yamaha classical guitar, and there's a, there's a depth and a richness that you, you just don't get out of normal most of your your nylon strings. Oh yeah, which is problematic when I'm trying to record because it gets really boomy. So I'm definitely doing the the low cuts on the microphones before I even go into the DAW. So right on. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't really have anything else on strings. Do you? Happy stringing. Happy stringing. And remember, always have two complete sets of strings in your guitar case. Reason being, if you pop your high E in the middle of your first set, do you really want to go the rest of the, the night with with no backup? Of course not. So it'll affect your playing, guarantee it. So Have your guitar tech bring you your other less Paul. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Cool. <laughs> well, all right. Well, it's good to be back in the saddle getting these things recorded and uh, you know, be looking forward to this and many other episodes of our podcast and uh, pretty soon we're going to get those on itunes too for you guys that are more of the audio files so we'll have all the episodes up there hopefully in the next couple of weeks so since i just get it get it up on uh, some hosting thing and then beg itunes to put it into their into their queue so all right until next time i am mark and this is Matt. Yeah, yeah peace